0: Hello, and welcome to the Cultural Masonry Podcast, Episode 4. I'm Kevin.
1: And I'm Paige.
0: And today we've got with us Mike Young. Mike, introduce yourself for us.
2: My name is Mike Young. I'm the owner of Vertical Care.
1: Awesome. Well, so what is Vertical Care then?
2: Vertical Care is an aviation detailing business, so we detail private and corporate jets, kind of like you would um, detail a car, but we do that to airplanes so something a little different. Um, We have the Kansas City area as our our primary working area, Um, but we extend out um, within three to four hours drive-wise. Our guys were working up in Fort Madison, Iowa last week uh, for a few days, so. Yeah, that's a pretty wide range. Are you from Kansas City? I was born and raised predominantly over in St. Louis. Um, So is my wife, that's where we met. And uh, I have a wife, Denise. Uh, We've been married for 26 years. We have four adult sons. Uh, who are married and we have six grandchildren uh, from those four families that, that awesome. came from us. Right on. I've been so excited to get to a, a
0: business themed episode. This is like right up my, my alley. And last week or yeah, last episode we were talking to KJ about starting a school which was way outside of my wheelhouse. But I think Paige really enjoyed that conversation. So sure. I've been like stoked to get you on. So thank you for being here. Mm,
2: I'm happy to be here. I've um, been just to that point, schools and churches and businesses all have some similarities themes mm-hmm. and themes and how they're run and how they're organized. Uh, so it's actually good to have, you know, there's a lot of similar mindsets that go into uh, these organizations. Yeah. Um, how did, so how did you get into business and business ownership? Well, originally, I started out like most people out of college, I started working for a company. Uh, and after uh, almost gosh, 25, 30 years uh, in business, uh, I decided that I needed to to try to do something else. Uh, I had spent about three years originally working for companies where I was taking businesses that were failing and turned them into uh, businesses that were actually making money. Uh, I had a boss that trained me how to do that in the lumber industry, so I was running lumber yards around the country doing that. Um, I got out of that business and moved on to a, a business where I was... Or, an occupation where I was uh, actually taking territories and doing similar things with them. But I was taking small business owners and teaching them how to grow their businesses. Mm. Uh, And so I did that for almost a decade Um, and I learned a lot about small business ownership through that without actually owning a business. And then for about eight years after that, I worked for a good friend of mine who had acquired a number, number of companies while I was working for him. And he let me walk through that process with him and his family as they were acquiring businesses. So he taught me how to run the numbers and determine the value of a business and then also what to look for in business. And, um, and I got to do that with their businesses. And so after almost 30 years, I finally got the courage enough to say, you know what, I'm actually gonna go do this for myself. And this was after me working over in Africa where I'd go over there for a month, come home for a month. So I lived kind of like a retired person half the time and I worked like crazy the other half. Um, so I knew coming back to the United States after that was gonna be hard to just have a normal job. And so business ownership seemed like the right thing to try at that point. And we had saved up some money while I, w- I was gone overseas and just yeah. decided to take the plunge.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of, um, I guess, uh, it seems like a lot of business owners, uh, you know, are like, oh, you know, it's just always been, you know, since I was a kid, I just always wanted to start my own business or own a business. And it sounds like maybe that wasn't so much the case for you. You, you had a full career. Um, You know, kind of working for the man,
2: so to speak. Sure. Uh, My dad spent 40 some odd years in corporate America and I just figured I would do the same. That was seemed logical and working my way. I worked my way up all the way up into executive uh, positions within companies, president, vice president, so forth. And so it it just seemed like a, a good fit. At the same time, I knew I wanted to do something different. I kind of had that in the back of my mind, but I figured, ah, maybe someday down the road, I might try something on my own, but there seems to be a lot of risk in that. And there is, if it's not done right or done well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. And you also had a, a little bit of a different experience than a lot of
0: entrepreneurs I've talked to in that you didn't start your own business, right? You came have- up Correct.
2: Yeah. I, I looked at it. Uh, I tried to take a, a, a logical yet systematic approach to it. And I, I looked at the the cost to start a business versus the cost to buy a business um, and the risk of starting a business versus the risk of buying a business. And one thing I found was most businesses over 45% of them fail in the first five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that scared mm-hmm. me. Cause you're basically flipping a coin saying, okay, here's, you know, however much money I'm going to spend over the first five years to start a company. And that could be gone overnight and and so if 45 percent of them fail, do I want to be a part of that 45 that have a high risk of failure and I, and I just didn't want to take that risk so just skip that part yeah <laughs> I mean I, I, I figured it was better to, to take a business that had been around for four or five years yeah maybe needed a little bit of help something to take it to the next level and and try to grow that business who'd already taken the risk yeah, yeah. So let that guy take the risk yeah, it seems like a lot of people forget that that's even an option in, in business. And Most business people management. don't know where to go to look for a yeah. business, um, to acquire a business. I mean, you can go to a variety of sites, websites to try to find one. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of bad information out there. Um, So finding a good business broker is a good idea. Um, There's a number of them in each and every city I've traveled to over the years. There's always business brokers that are selling businesses. And they've already done some of the homework for you, mm-hmm. yeah. which
1: is helpful. Is the process of finding a business broker like as easy as just like a Google search, or do you have to know somebody?
2: It's as easy as a Google search. Trying to find a good one is mm-hmm. a little bit harder. It's kind of yeah. like finding a good real estate agent or good doctor or good a lot of things. It takes some time and you want to do your homework and ask a lot of questions on the front end yeah. about what they're really offering and what they're bringing to the table. because you can find just listings of businesses, but that's not really what I was looking for. I was looking for someone to have already done. Some of the homework to find out whether the business was, you know, profitable. Whether you know what what is the cash flow of the business. I I wanted some of that information already provided to me. I didn't want to have to do that homework. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. So Mike, you're a Christian. Yes, sir. We're church members together, so yes. <laughs> I, know, I know that uh, firsthand. Um, what what is your perspective on business ownership as a Christian? How's it maybe different than what you've seen in your like business career?
2: Sure. Um, and, it, and for me, it's it's it, I don't separate out my Christian life from my business life. To me, it's all one and the same. All all my lives, if you will, are intermingled and interconnected. So when the Bible says that we're supposed to, and the the dominion mandate, we're supposed to fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over it, we, I take that literally, and that means I should do that in every area of my life, whether it's my home, my work, church, school, whatever that is, wherever God's placed me, I have a responsibility, my wife and I both have responsibilities too, take men and mm-hmm. so in that process that includes my business and how I operate it. I need to operate it in a way that honors God um, he tells me in his word that if I don't work I shouldn't eat um, he tells me I should provide an inheritance to my children's children um, he tells you know there's just a lot of things he tells me to work hard so I do those things and I, how to treat people and, and how we want to be treated we should treat others so there's a lot of continuity in our lives if we just apply what God says to how we operate in all capacities.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, have you seen that perspective on business um, impact the way that your business is run? Like, how have you seen that tangibly work out in your business? amongst like, just your employees, the quality of work that you provide?
2: Sure. Um, with the quality of work that we provide, our, our goal um, for our business is to be the best of the best of the best. Uh, we don't want to provide or be a second provider to anybody we want to set the standard for our industry and we really do Um, if you travel in the united states if you own an aircraft and went to different airports major airports around the country and asked them to provide services you're not going to find really too many companies are going to provide the same level of service we provide we're also not going to be the cheapest one Uh, we charge more than, than many or as much as most because we've earned the right to to charge what we charge to do the work. Um, You pay for good services and you should pay for good services. So we've applied that. And I also do things for my guys uh, that work for me in that I pay them a living wage. I pay them a wage that can support a family. Uh, They can own homes, they can have children, they can have vehicles, they can live normal lives detailing airplanes. Um, The industry says I should pay my guys about 12 bucks an hour. Um, I pay my guys considerably more than that. I won't disclose them because you go to church with one of them, Uh, what we pay our guys, but we pay them living wages for what they do. Um, They work hard. They provide us a good opportunity to make money as a business, and I try to reciprocate that back to them because without them, I've got to work a lot harder um, because I got to go in every day and I got to make sure things are done. But I have people that I can trust, um, then I I can trust them to do things. I can empower and enable them to grow in their skills.
1: Um, so I know that Kevin and I have talked a lot just cause, uh, he is very interested in business and has worked for small businesses and various things like that. And with our current culture right now, just yelling socialism, like how do yeah, you, that was... oh, <laughs>
0: no. Yeah. That was, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like capitalism is very demonized. <laughs> Sorry. Is that what you Yeah, going yeah. to interrupt you, you? No, you can go
1: ahead. <laughs> I was just formulating this question as you were talking about that because in conversations that we've had with other business owners who maybe don't come from it from a christian perspective or even really like a strong capitalist perspective they're very much like oh we need to run our business in a almost socialist mindset in order to make sure that our employees are taken care of and things of that nature but it seems like and I would assume that you have a different take on on that.
2: Yes and no. Um, more yes than no.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I, I try, Again, I try to provide an uh, opportunity for my uh, people to be able to make a living wage. I want them to be able to save. I want them to be able to plan for retirement. I want them to be able to have the things that we have in America. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to be able to take advantage of the fact that we are in America and we have certain tax laws that enable us as business owners to be able to have some freedoms and do some things and write some things off and also give charitably from the business instead of um having to pay taxes on that money you can take the money out ahead of time and that's passed through if you're set up as a for instance like i am as an llcs corp that gets passed through to me as an individual um anything that my business donates so i i donate through my business in order to maximize those dollars because i come out without having to pay tax so to me, those are all some of the benefits of doing things where it provides us an opportunity to not only do that, but we also, as a family, my wife and I spent the last year, um, over a year, uh, well, I guess two years ago now, in Africa as missionaries, and the business supported us financially for doing so, um, and that was something that was important to me, because I saw examples, Paul in scripture talked about how they would work hard, so it wasn't a burden to the local church. And that was kind of my goal was I wanted to be able to go be a missionary without having to try to go find and raise a bunch of support. Not that I didn't want people to partner with me, but instead I wanted to to be able to take those monies and do things charitably for people overseas. And so we would go and uh, um, the business provided the income that we needed to not only take care of our expenses here, but also take care of our expenses abroad. Um, So we were really self-funded missionaries uh, for the year and a half ish that we were gone out of the country and we're still continuing to do those things and give in those ways because mm-hmm. God's blessed our business in a way that we can. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I think a lot of, it seems like a lot of people miss that. Um, and probably because of some bad people that have, <laughs> that have, uh, you know, made themselves very rich off of, uh, capitalism and then not been charitable with it. Um, sure. And, uh, I shouldn't say bad people. That's not, that's not fair, <laughs> but, <laughs> but people that have put it in a bad light, sure. um, I think that has caused a lot of people to miss the opportunity that there is in uh, you know, really really being able to be uh, charitable and kind of like, yeah, I mean, taking care of the the needy mm-hmm. out of the the blessings that come from running a excellent business and sure. and uh, so yeah, anyway, there's a disconnect that that I see firsthand almost every day.
2: Uh, yeah, no, that's true. there's yeah. there's a significant um, not only disconnect, but also, I think a lot of people forget about the fact that it's not just the church is supposed to take care of the widows and the orphans. We were actually called to as not only individuals, but but families to do that. Um, the Bible talks about us uh, being worse than an unbeliever if we don't work. But in context, uh, in First Timothy, there is actually talking about providing for widows. And so on both ends of that, there's, there's verses about it. And so we're called to do that. And if we're not looking, it's not just about me providing money for my kids when I die or my kids' kids when I die, but I'm trying to provide businesses for them. I'm trying to provide um, housing for them. I'm trying to provide stuff for people in Lesotho or people in Ukraine or people wherever we've gone and served. We're trying to continue to um, feed into those mm-hmm. people. And it's not just here in the United States.
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah, that's good. Um,
0: I think you've you've maybe already answered this in some ways, but if we were to take a step back, you know, we, we like to talk about on this podcast, uh, the concept of culture building, mm. um, just kind of trying to have a kingdom mindedness with everything. Um, with what you said, like taking dominion. Yeah. Um, how do you think like business, your business and specifically, but also just business as a whole, how do you think that plays into that kind of culture, culture building?
2: Sure. Um, I mean, our, the culture, we tend to think of it as, uh, you know, well, how do my employees feel when they come into work how are they how are they treated you create a work culture mm-hmm. um you create a culture in your church um you create cultures in schools and in your home and those are all true definitions of culture um but they're all interrelated or at least they should be and again with for me the 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 what i rely upon most is okay what does god say and how does he call me to love my neighbor how does he call me to treat them how does he call me to invest in them and pour into them Um, How do we take that and disperse that through our business and make it to where as a culture, my employees are now generous and the people, and a lot of it is not treating them like employees, loving them like individuals as they are Mm -hmm. and people and caring for them. And when they're someone sick, you in their family, you care for them and ask them those questions. I mean, you treat people like they want to be treated. You treat people how you want to be treated and it means a lot to people because mm-hmm. now it's not just about you as an owner. It's not just about me being able to, to sit at home and be able to collect a paycheck. Um, there's there's more to it than that. And, it's, and for me, it's always building. Mm-hmm. Um, how am I taking over the next thing? And not taking over from like I want control of it, but how do I invest in the next opportunity so that I can then in turn empower people to be successful and I'll empower people to have those freedoms? Because it's not just about me being able to go overseas and do mission work. Because the business is doing well enough, and I also want my kids and my kids' kids to be able to start doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend over in St. Louis, and he has a family business that his dad started. And as the boys got older, the, they started working for the business, and now the next generation has taken over, and they've sent the boys now on to "quote unquote" retirement. And um, now, what's interesting is that their business retirement for them, because The bible never talks about retirement Mm -hmm. it really doesn't retirement is death uh when we go to be in heaven that's 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 our reward and that's where we retire if you will Mm -hmm. um but he his family his dad actually started this because when he retired they went and started a a orphanage down in uh, guatemala and now they have orphanages in guatemala and haiti and other places and so the guys and their families have taken on those responsibilities and they're continuing to again you know, follow the the mandate Mm -hmm. of filling the earth and subduing it, taking the gospel to all nations. Um, And so that business propels them forward in in doing that. And if we utilize that, we can not only propel forward our desire to go evangelize the world and take over cities from a dominion standpoint and bringing the gospel. Uh, to bear, but we can also do that in schools. Mm-hmm. We can do that in churches. We can do that with buildings. We can do that with a lot of things, and we see that going on in Moscow, Idaho. And we see that our—that's kind of our vision and our mission here uh, for the Leavenworth area is to bring the gospel to to bear culturally. And that means in business, school, and church, mm-hmm. to a people group.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that. Like generational approach. You know, this is for yeah. my kids, my grandkids. Yeah, I'm just building something. Yeah, um, I also love the idea of just like really diversifying the um, like the types of industries that are are being uh, taken over. You know, as you said, by by Christians and uh, sure. really building a, like a robust network. I mean, I don't have a private jet, but if I did, <laughs> like you know, you're the one that I would want to be giving my money to because I know
2: that you know it all goes to build this uh this kingdom culture sure. <laughs> so well that, that's the um, cool thing about business too is a lot of people think uh there's a there's a saying i actually printed this out before I came over but there's a saying that says uh choose a job you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life do you know who says that I've, I've heard, heard that, that a that bunch of so times. times i have no idea who says that and the, the funny thing is is most people actually think it's a biblical concept I haven't found a verse that's, that's a problem, quite like that, 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 yes, no, no, I haven't found one yet, but it's actually from Confucius, oh. so okay. Confucius a. Uh Now, the, ch- the challenge is not that that's a horrible statement, and I thought, thought similar to that for a number of years, um, and it's not that we can't love what we do. I mean, it does make it less work-ish, um, but God's clear. Part of work is a consequence of the fall and sin. So work's going to be tough and we're not always going to enjoy it. Even if you own the company, you're not always going to enjoy the things that you have to do. So this mindset of you have to find something you love in order to do it is really a misnomer. It's not a biblical concept. So for me, I don't necessarily look for businesses that, you know, oh gosh, it's something I want to do. It's always, it's my dream. It's Mm-hmm. I set all that aside. For me, really, what I look for is a profitable business. A business is actually making some money, mm-hmm. not necessarily wildly profitable, but proportionate to what they're asking for the business, the, the sale price of it. Mm-hmm. And I um, look for businesses that have had an owner that kind of feels stuck. They're ready to to do something different, but they they couldn't get it to that next level. And that's where I feel like my training comes in and my expertise after 30 years in business comes in where i can come in and take a business to that next level and i can listen to what the people are saying and i can make quick decisions and allow them to do different things and grow the business so i don't necessarily have to be passionate about airplane cleaning although i am passionate about it um i could be just as equally passionate about um, cleaning a bathroom mm-hmm. um, which we do in airplanes because they have labs and stuff where i could be equally <laughs> passionate about um, putting in countertops. I could be equally as passionate about making coffee. I could be equally as passionate about because I'm growing something mm-hmm. Yeah. and it's something for not for Mike, because nobody wants to grow something for Mike, but they want to grow something for something greater than Mike, mm-hmm. yeah. which is ultimately for God's glory. Um, and so that's what we try to do with whatever business it is. We're chasing a business now. We're actually going to go look at it on Wednesday. And um, it's one that I, at first glance, had no interest in whatsoever. None, but yet, hopefully, it'll be the next business we had to our portfolio, Lord willing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess that that's an interesting uh, a question that you know you lead into there, which is, what is like the long term for you? Is it just buying? You know, do you have like a goal? Or are you thinking, all right, you know, we'll get a little portfolio going, something we can give to our kids, and then we're gonna like you know, stop there, or do you have, I mean, maybe you have no idea, maybe it's just whatever opportunities God brings to you, you know, but
2: a, l- a lot of it is, so we've we lived by the the motto and the the theme of, okay, God, I'm going to keep walking through doors until you close one, mm-hmm. and we did that, that's why, how we ended up in Africa, it's how we ended up buying our, our business, Um, it's how we ended up here at the church we're going to, Um, we just keep walking through these doors, and God has closed doors faithfully that he hasn't wanted us to go through, so, for us, I don't have a set number of businesses that I would like to buy, if you will. Um, instead it's okay, God, what do you want me to do mm-hmm. next? What do you want me to, with the, with the money you have blessed us with, how do you want me to invest it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you don't want me to stick it in a jar on the ground, um, <laughs> and, and be happy with no return. So how do I use it for your, cause I don't necessarily, that's not, not that we don't need, we all need money, but I don't need it. Mm-hmm. So how do we take that and grow his kingdom? Yeah. and you know giving it being generous with it sometimes is what he wants us to do but sometimes he wants us to go buy other businesses so that we can have more to then go do other things yeah um like start a school uh-huh. uh so we heard somebody talk about that i don't know in the last uh <laughs> That's um, yeah so a two-parter i think <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so
1: still sponsored by st giles
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> So, Mike, we are recording this in 2021, (laughs) Um, which means last year was 2020. As everybody knows, the uh, the the world kind of ground to a halt at some point. And um, if you could tell us about what your experience was uh, with your business when um, kind of everything started going down in early March, I think that's when it was. Anyway, maybe it was a different timeline for you.
2: Sure. Yeah, Uh, 2020 was a pretty crazy year. We I'm going to go just just a little bit back from there. 2019, then of 2019 is when Denise and I moved to Lesotho, mm-hmm. to become uh, I became the chaplain of Beautiful Gate Orphanage over there. Little we'll plug for them. And uh, so I was responsible for 75 orphans, 45 care staff. Um, we were I was preaching on Sundays. I was doing chapels on Wednesdays. We were doing daily devotions with the staff. Um, it was very different from what my daily life looked like when I had been in the states, and we were just kind of getting settled in. We moved over there, basically got there on the 31st of October of 2019. And we're just getting settled in. And then over there in January, February time frame is when COVID. Mm-hmm. We weren't sure what COVID was, but COVID came out. <laughs> and we were in a fourth world country, uh, which is uh, you know an interesting thing to be in in the first place. But then now you're um, being told that, hey, we're going to lock. The country down mm-hmm. and we're going to go to wearing masks we're going to go to all kinds of things so but we didn't have a lot of information and fortunately the u.s embassy brought in the cdc who answered some questions but they had very limited information at that mm-hmm. point um they just knew that it could be bad and when you're in a fourth world country bad goes from bad to worse in a hurry um and especially with Lesotho, where there was 25 percent of the population was hiv positive mm-hmm. um so we knew that if People are gonna get sick and die. People with AIDS getting sick and dying is even worse. Um, And so we figured, man, the body count could be bad. Um, And then we were also hearing about, okay, now it's affecting the US in ways that things had never affected before. I went through the whole Ebola thing when I was in Angola working. Um, So I'd seen some craziness around the world, um, but not to the point where it affected America like it did. And so it was kind of a, a scary thing. Uh, we weren't sure whether we were going to be able to keep our business open. In fact, um, some of the airports did shut down, and there was just a lot less air travel because um, uh, everything was going on. So even in the private sector, um, there was a lot less going on. There was also some of the riots were happening, and so certain people weren't traveling to certain other cities, and so there was just a whole lot of not going out anymore. And when you don't go out, planes don't get dirty. Your car doesn't get dirty. There was less car accidents last year. So, you know, that we knew that was going to affect our business and it did, but it was concerning. We, we, we actually sat down and ran the numbers and tried to figure out, okay, are we going to be able to, how long can we go without having income? Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I made a commitment to my guys from the get go, which was, listen, you work hard and you support our business and you allow us to grow. And we're going to reciprocate that by making sure that you're paid my guys are all on salary whether they work 10 hours in a week or whether they work 50 hours in a week we pay them salary Mm -hmm. and i have a commitment to them too that if they work 50 hours in a week for more than four weeks in a row we'll hire somebody else to get the hours back down my goal for my guys is to work them between 30 and 35 hours a week um probably closer to the 35 hour a week mark um but it's hard work what they do so it's physically demanding and so I, i want them to not just you know break their bodies down too much um, but uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a scary, difficult time. We just weren't sure how that was all gonna plan out or how it was all gonna play out. And there wasn't a lot that we could plan for. And then there was government monies that were potentially available. And there was a lot of people that were really concerned about that. And are there gonna be hooks attached and strings attached to those monies? And I can actually say um, to much surprise that most of the programs that were offered last year, there weren't strings attached. Mm-hmm. They were actually, to my opinion, they were actually set up and established to pay back businesses for what harm the government caused by shutting us down. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we were given interest free loan on money that they ultimately forgave twice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there was no hooks, if you will. In fact, because the way they set it up, uh, it enabled us to keep making our payments on our load for our business and and so forth. In fact they forgave those for a while um, and made the the payments for us. So there was a lot of benefit that happened. And again, to me, it was reciprocating the bad decisions in many cases that the government made and the the lack of foresight of what the consequences might be. So they paid us back for some of those things. Um, So it turned into uh, a pretty decent blessing in that we didn't go without and our employees continue to get paid we didn't have to dip into our personal savings although we would have done so in order to i I told denise my wife that listen if it comes down to it we will put everything that we have back into the business in order to make sure that the guys are taken care of because we had families hanging in the balance and it wasn't just about me it wasn't just about uh me padding my retirement or anything like that. And again, retirement to me isn't a biblical concept, anyways, but it's not about me setting aside inheritances just for my kids and my kids' kids. It's about uh, taking care of the the people that work for me and ultimately take care of us.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I appreciate that perspective on the uh,
0: PPP money and all that that came out. I think a lot of people, Christians especially, are uh, maybe rightfully suspicious of free government money. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, if you think about it, we're transacting with the government all the time in the form of taxes and you know, different
2: different kinds of fees and fines and whatnot. Yeah. So, and there and there's there's always some strings attached, but there's a lot of ways of minimizing those. From like I have an SBA loan for my business, um, and again, when I looked at buying a business, I looked at it from the standpoint of kind of like my personal finances. They tell you that you should have six months of of money that you need to pay your bills set aside it's a good thing to do. And, and I think we should, if we all did that, we'd all be a lot less stressed. Mm-hmm. We'd all sleep better at night. And we wouldn't be worried about things as much and we would have been able to, um, to endure uh, the COVID debacle uh, better. But most people don't have that. But if you're going to start a business from, from scratch, you really probably should have two years worth of income set aside so that you can not take a dime out of the business. You can keep putting every penny back in to grow it. Um, or you can, Look at buying a business where mm-hmm. you only need ten to fifteen percent of what it's being sold for. So if it's a hundred thousand dollar business, you need ten 000 to fifteen thousand dollars in liquid cash in order to invest in the down payment. But you can borrow seventy-five percent of that money back mm-hmm. that same day mm-hmm. if you're doing a loan through a, an SBA program, and so you can have capital money to use um, to run your business on the day to day. So it makes things a lot less. You need a lot less capital in your pocket to acquire a business um, than most people think. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you're not risking 50% failure right out the gate, right. You know, it, to me that's a smarter approach. At least yeah. it was for me and and as a part of it is I'm not the, that creative of a guy. Mm-hmm. I just know how to run things cuz yeah. I learned that over years of experience how to take a business and, and make it work. Um, so for me to come up with this brilliant idea, just probably is not going to happen. I'm not that smart of a guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. so but you've got
0: all the, uh, the analytic experience to look at something and get a green light or a red light. journal. Sure. Yeah.
2: That. And I, and I try not to get too attached right out the gate when I'm looking at businesses because it's really easy to get excited about something and get excited about the income that it might provide or, mm-hmm. or what have you, or the, the assets that it might provide or the net worth that it might, whatever that those things are. It's easy to get really too go going. It's just kind of like buying a car. You know, you go to the shop, the store and they expect you the dealership. And they expect you to get it so excited that you can't leave without it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm that guy that will, I'll sit there for six hours, negotiate the deal. And if I don't get the deal, I want, I walk and I drive dealers nuts. because <laughs> They, they, yeah. they see, they see me coming and they're like, ah, oh, it's Mike again. So and unfortunately I've bought a lot of cars over the years. So I've, I've had this experience with a number of them in town and they, have grown to to uh, not loathe me coming in, but they probably don't love me coming in
0: either. So you make them work for it.
2: Yeah. Absolutely,
0: yeah. Paige and I are in the process of buying a house, it's a similar thing. It's so easy to, uh, you know, fall in love with something emotionally, yeah. um, and it's so it's just such a delicate balance because it's like you have to like it well enough to you Know make that your that, whole life I mean, yeah. sure, <laughs> but not so much to where you're going to be crushed if it doesn't happen. So, sure, same with business. I would imagine you have to like it enough to say this is going to be my line of work for the foreseeable future,
2: yeah, uh, <laughs> but not like it so much where you're not going to be super sad if it doesn't sure. work. Out. And, it, and it's hard not so. to get emotionally attached to things. Um, and I think our human nature is that we do get emotionally attached to things, and that's not bad. God doesn't tell us our emotions are horrible, they can be wrong for sure, but balancing that out yeah. understanding that it's 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 a means to an end um and and for me i i do also like you know there's a lot of people that are like i just want to buy a business and then i want to take it and grow it and i want to turn around and sell it mm-hmm. and that's not a horrible model because you can make some good money off of doing that um but my approach is a little different in that i probably most most of the time my goal isn't to sell, sell a business i want to keep it i want to pass it on I want a business that's going to be viable, not just for the next five years. I want this going to be viable for the next 25 years, the next 50 years, the next 100 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think airplanes are probably going to be around. And You'll know, get move into, into rockets. The, I was going to say, will <laughs> get into the commercial space travel
0: business here in a few years, probably. Could be.
2: You never know.
1: Yeah well i think that's a good transition to one of our last questions for you which would be what would you say to an um an aspiring entrepreneur or other business owner who's maybe thinking about i mean entering into business buying a business starting a business yeah,
0: picture picture like a young business student that's like
2: <laughs> ready to get yep. out there what's your uh, what's your sage advice sure um Probably the biggest piece of advice I would give somebody would be, don't be as scared as you are. Uh, be willing to take a little bit of risk. Uh, there's calculated risks you can take, um, but finding somebody that can coach you and counsel you, that somebody that's done it before, mm-hmm. uh, not just reading a book on it, but actually somebody who's bought a business or two, um, who's been successful in business uh, is, is helpful. But not being afraid to, to take that risk. And because ultimately it's going to require work. Um, I didn't get where I am today because I worked part-time my whole life. I worked insane hours, I traveled the world, I was gone. Uh, I made hard decisions and there was a lot of sacrifice that went into it. Um, but that also helped shape me to be a better boss, um, if you will. And a lot of people don't like saying that they're a boss, but there has to be somebody in charge, just like in, in, in the home there's gotta be a dad or, or a mom that's in charge of something. Otherwise things go crazy. So um, there's, there's always somebody that's in control. So being somebody that's in control, but not domineering to the point where some you're suffocating people is, is what we're called to do is what we're called to do as, as dads. Um, we're not supposed to provoke our children. So take the risks, get to know or surround yourself with good people that were willing to give you counsel. Um, not that you have to take everybody's advice, but, um, you know, listening is important, running the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. The numbers are either good or they're bad. And if they're bad, but you can buy it for nothing, that might still be a decent business to buy. Um, but you have to be willing to, you know, you have to be able to buy it for nothing if it's bad. So um, knowing what you're getting and understanding that is, is important. So just asking the right questions and not being afraid to to take those risks. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and for driving all the way up here to our our studio <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to record this with us. We really appreciate you. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course.